This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Good evening and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you all very much for coming. Uh, This is a live show and it's also a podcast, which is sometimes kind of odd for me because, of course, I physically see you people right here that are live that can look at you and talk to you just like that, like the woman who just looked shocked and alarmed. Uh, but the, you know, when I'm talking to the internet, it's hard to know where to talk. So I have a couple of things to say. So do you mind being the internet? And if at any point I have something to say to the internet, I can look at you? Okay. So I wanted to tell you live people here that I have a book called Comedy of Doom. It's a collection of short stories and essays and funny things about geek stuff, and that's on sale in the back of the room. But if you are the internet, it is on sale on Amazon.com, so please check that out and enjoy that. And to begin our podcast tonight, I would like to talk to a random audience volunteer. And the random audience volunteer I will speak to this evening is named Noah Kessaker. Noah, are you here? Noah, please join me on the stage. Right now. Did you think you would have time to process? Just go ahead and have a seat right there, Noah. Noah Keysecker. Okay, and go ahead and take this off of the stand and speak into it with your mouth. There you go. This is, this is my mouth. Wonderful. So now, Noah, did you put your name in the little basket of things? I did, yeah. Okay. For for Robin's birthday. It's Robin's birthday. All right, let's give Robin a round of applause. (laughs) Is it bad form to tell everybody how old she is? She's 30. (laughs) Sorry. She's going to die soon. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to die eventually. (laughs) Eventually, yes. Uh, We all get closer every second, so let's move on. Uh, So you only did this to please Robin. Pretty much. Okay, so just just to be clear, you don't want to be speaking with me right now. Uh, I don't really like the radio. Okay, well, this isn't on the radio. This is on on iTunes and whatnot and on the internets. Okay, if you keep the microphone to your mouth, mouth, I'll hear everything that you say. All right. You're holding it in a sort of like rap style where you're going to say what you want to (laughs) say, and then you're going to throw that shit down. This is a perfect segue to talk about what you're obsessed with. Where is my drink? Which, which is bathroom door <laughs> etiquette. Bathroom door etiquette. Yeah, that's, that's a topic of a lot of rap songs, isn't it? Yeah. Bathroom door <laughs> etiquette. Bitch, please. Uh, so when did, when did bathroom door etiquette first come into your life, Noah? I have no idea. I mean, uh, do you remember when you first became conscious? No, but I do remember bathroom doors. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, since I first figured out um, how to use my opposable thumb. Okay. But was there, a, was there a traumatic incident? Like, I remember, like, my grandmother walking in on me, and then she was like, hey, here's how the lock works. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah, I was 16. I'm it was sorry. really... No. Do you want to talk about that? L- no, sure. Yeah, we're talking about it right now. Sure. So, was there any was there any traumatic event for you that that spurred your interest in bathroom door etiquette? No, I mean I like science. I'm like <laughs> I like science, and so I think a lot about minutia and like all the little molecular workings of things. Okay. And um and then I also observe. I like people mostly, except when I 
I don't like all people. Actually, I don't like people that much. Um, <laughs> that's what I was looking for. I like her. <laughs> Yay. Um, Noah has been delivered a beer, Internet. So, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, Internet. Um, so what was the question? Uh, yeah, so what, well, let, let's back up a little bit. We'll get, get to the bathroom door etiquette. What do you do for a living? Um, I'm a couple of things. I'm a composer, okay. and a multimedia artist, and uh, I'm an arts administrator. I work at Springboard for the Arts in St. Paul. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. You might know some people there. I know many people who work at, those at Springboard for the Arts. Related. Lovely organization that helps nonprofits Thank and whatnot. You. Uh, so like you're a multimedia artist. Have you done any multi a composer? A composer and multimedia artist, yes. right? So have you done anything with bathroom door etiquette in your work? No. Do you want to write a grant with me? We <laughs> <No. laughs> could make this happen. <laughs> I don't want a grant. I just want you to yeah. do it. I want you okay. to go out there and make it like maybe. gorilla style. Okay, sure. Yeah, like maybe I'll think after the it. podcast, you could do like you know a piece <laughs> with the bathroom at the back of the theater. I could do that. Yes. Yeah, just sites so of. Really site-specific? Yeah. I could put, like, cameras on it, and then <laughs> and I could mic it. So every time, like, okay, are we going to get to the etiquette part? Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll just <laughs> Whose show is this, anyway? Um, so one of the things, like, for instance, I could mic the sound of, like, the, the, when you wash your hands. Right. And the you sink. don't fully dry them. And then when you grab the handle, and it's, like, moist, and you leave, like, that body is, like... <laughs> so you, you, you believe that you have mic sensitive enough to pick up the sound of moisture on a doorknob? Yeah, of course. Like, I could do it. It'd be like... <sighs> for, for the internet, he just put the mic to his throat as though he was a stoma victim and I could somehow hear him. Yeah, so, yeah they have technology and stuff. Okay, so, so why did you write this down in a slip of paper? Why did you write down bathroom door etiquette? Was it a joke, or are you truly obsessed with it? Do you spend a lot of time thinking about it? Um, I do. Every time I go into a bathroom, I get <laughs> really like uptight about bathroom door etiquette. And I have the obsessed part about it is what I, I have a system for how I open the door. First of all, from a like a hygiene standpoint, in my opinion, a bathroom door should never open in. Right. Should always open out. Because all the people that don't wash their hands or like are nasty and like doing terrible things, like you should be able to like turn and like lean with your shoulder and push the thing open without ever touching anything that you're gonna like eat with. Right. Like like that. Yeah. Um that's one thing. For the people of the internet, yeah. he wiped his beer glass and made a slurping noise. Yeah, I'm bad. Just like the bathroom. So, so that's one thing, like, that I just see a lot of people that don't wash their hands in the bathroom. I've seen people, like, at a urinal, uh, I won't name the establishment, um, <laughs> like, texting while they are urinating. Right. You know, and they're that's, like that's one hand here texting with the other. That's then just they switch it up. That's standard these days. Like, that's just standard. I'm soon you're gonna have a little cozy on the top of the urinal yeah. for your smartphone or iPad. That's right. so standard. But then consider that like after they do that, they don't wash their hands, they open <laughs> the door, they go out to the restaurant and be like, Hey, check out this video game. Do you wanna play it? And then you're like yeah, I agree with your point that as yeah. humans, we touch a lot of things with our hands, including our penises. Yes. <laughs> and 
and that fecal coliform matter. There and needs to be like, an etiquette. So, you know, so and although urine is sterile, like I still don't want yours in my mouth. Well, of course not. Anywhere else is fine, I'm, I'm sure, saying. but not in the mouth. Yes. So, you, it sounds to me like you have a very understandable uh, concern about bathroom germs being transferred yeah. uh, to other things like smartphones and urine, not ending up in a toilet, but in your mouth. Uh, all natural concerns. So, but why is it fixated around the bathroom door in particular? Well, because I have, through my obsession, come up with a system for how I will open a bathroom door. Okay, so what's your um, system? And it is that I basically take your hand, and you have the primary digits, which are your thumb and your forefinger, right. the two strongest ones, which is what we normally most used uh, phalanges, if yeah. you will. Some of and us then, are pinky um, door openers, yes. But. Right. Uh, and so, and then you look at the door, and usually in a lot of industrial bathrooms, the door handle is not a knob. It, it tends to be a bar. Mm -hmm. If it's a knob, you're screwed. Like, right, okay. Like but paper towels. So this is also complicated when there is only the hot air dryers. Right. Because although they may be efficient for the environment, they don't encourage people to dry their hands. This is a really long backstory to I'm your sorry. system. It's I like, know, I'm asking you to hear The Lord of the Rings, and you keep telling me <laughs> The Hobbit. What right. is your system? I understand so how bathrooms work. The system is that um, because most door handles are located uh, lower to your hip mm -hmm. for the average height, um, if you can look at the wear patterns on them, mm -hmm. they're always shinier, more worn at the top. So okay. therefore, that's where more people touch the handle. Right. And more people are touching it with their primary digits, their thumb and their forefinger, because we use those like if, of course, yes. and sandwiches. Yes. So therefore... I'm obsessed with basically opening doors at the bottom of the handle where it's least touched with the finger that I use the least amount of. So you look for the least busy part of the yes. handle and open yes. it with your pinky. Probability-wise, I'm minimizing the ability for high concentrations of molecules of other people's lack of hygiene yes. reaching an appendage of mine that has a high contact rate with my mouth. Okay. Pinkies I think that bottom of the hand. you have proven incredibly quickly that you are indeed obsessed with this topic. <laughs> I, en you. I entirely you. believe you. So I always like to, to close little interviews with uh, some pompous little questions. So are you ready for your, your, your artsy little questions? Of course you are. You're, okay. Thank you. You're a multimedia artist. You can handle this. So what is your favorite swear word to say when you stub your toe? Can I say this? Oh, yeah. Is there children in the audience? No, there are no, there are no children at 10 o'clock in a bowling alley. Um, I <laughs> Jesus fuck. Jesus fuck. You right, say a complete true. sentence. It's That's true. nice. So the second question is, if you had to have your arm replaced with something, this is very relevant to you because you're very obsessed with what you do with your arm. Yeah. If you had to have your arm replaced with something, would you prefer it to be a toilet plunger or a feather duster? <laughs> toilet plunger. <laughs> Not what I was expecting, but fair <laughs> enough. And finally, Noah, what is happiness? Uh, it is happiness, obviously. Ladies and gentlemen, Noah! Thank you very much, Noah. Thanks.
Thank you. Happy you were fun. You were a very, very fun audience volunteer. Everybody, wash your hands. That's the message of the podcast tonight. So when anybody decides to go into the back room and use the bathroom, really just give a lot of thought to what Noah might want you to do. Look at the wear patterns like you're on CSI. <laughs> uh, now I'd like to welcome our guests uh, for the evening. Uh, the first guest is a DJ from The Current and an awesome lady. Please welcome Barb Abney. Hello, Barb. And our second guest is a writer and performer from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and currently from Cinematic Titanic. Please welcome Trace Beaulieu. <laughs> Hello, Trace. There's uh, He touched that. There's Foley <laughs> moisture on this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> is there a little bit of moisture? Thank you, Noah. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. I wanted to leave it for you. Now you are one. So, Barb, yeah. see, I just paused for half a second because I knew someone would be creeped out by that. <laughs> and sure enough, there was a little creep noise. Uh -huh. So, Barb, I would like to first talk to you a little bit about your obsession, and your obsession is with the Afghan wigs, yes. correct? Okay. Where do you want me to begin? When I was introduced to them, or...? Well, let's, for people who don't know you and maybe don't live in the Twin Cities, let's start with a little bit of, of who you are. You're okay. a DJ on The Current, right? I'm a DJ on The Current. Um, I work 10 to 2, Monday through Friday. Thank you. Um, if you don't listen to The Current, but you listen to Minnesota Public Radio News, I do the programming supported by voice. Wow. That's I my grown-up voice. I think I just got a bunch of donations and that's just scary. from you saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I've been here, it'll be six months next week. Wow. I, or six years next week. Jeez. I was going to say. A little longer than <laughs> McDonough's sitting there going and looking at me and going, no, <laughs> I know better. Um, no, it'll be six years next week that I've lived here. And uh, I love it. I've been in radio for 17 years, and I like music a lot. Yeah, and know a lot about it, right? Uh, in theory. Yeah, because who did you just interview? You just had... Uh, uh, was Billy it, uh, Corgan. Yeah, wow. Billy Corgan. Did you interview him on the phone or in person? On the phone, which is even scarier because you don't have any rapport. Right. You know, you don't have any body language to go by, and you're like, you don't know if somebody's fucking with you or not, <laughs> and you're like, is he really being nice or is he being facetious? But he was really nice. Okay. He, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something I do often, but it still scares the bejesus out of me daily. Right, because it's hard, because you have to ask them some of the same questions, right? Because it's just what people are interested in. The same questions that they're asked, every single DJ asks them, and then you're like, I really want to ask that one question that nobody asks, and then you ask it, and they're like, why would you ask me that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just trying. I <laughs> thought it would be good. How do you feel about bathroom etiquette, Billy Corgan? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm putting that one on. You my can try yeah, that now. I'm going to try, try that. that anytime. Yes. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> um, so, now, when did Afghan wigs first come into your life? You, you lived in the same town as them, right? Yes, I, well, sort of. Uh, I lived outside of Cincinnati, a little teeny tiny town, 35 miles away from Cincinnati. And I had a friend who, got, who was cool and who moved to the big city of Cincinnati. And uh, he would introduce me to music. Like, I, I had a big Prince thing when I was a teenager, and I suddenly drifted off into the land of Poison and Queensryche and such. And he came to me and said, Barb, try Smashing Pumpkins. And I'm like, okay, you try Typo Negative. And <laughs> he's like, try Nine Inch Nails. I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. And then he gave me an Afghan Wigs album. And he's like, I want you to go see the show with me. And we went to the show at Hair Arena because the breeders were there with them and guided by voices. Yay! 
It was uh, a hair arena show in uh, March of 1994. And I had the Afghan wigs record for about a week before it went. And uh, I knew maybe two lines of two songs by the time we got there. But my friend, who of course had the entire record memorized, looked at me shocked when I started singing along. And he's like, how do you know this? I'm like, this is Prince. So they'd weaved Prince into a song and then weaved out. And I became pretty obsessed with them. And about three or four months later, I started my career in radio. And the day that I walked out of after doing my interview and got in the car and turned on the radio station, an Afghan wig song was playing. It's kind of kismet for me. So when you say you became obsessed with them, like you are, you really like music a lot, right? I do. I uh, yes. So how how could you tell that I'm more into them than Nine Inch Nails? How did that express itself? Because I've seen every single show that the Afghan Wigs or Greg Dooley in particular sang within three area codes of anywhere that I've lived since 1994. So you've stalked him. I, kind of. Oh. I, I know way more than I need to. You've legally that. stalked him. That's basically yes, what concert totally is, right? Yes, I totally legally stalked him. It's a legal stalk. Totally legally stalked him. In fact, him. that would be a great name for a concert. <laughs> legal stalk. <laughs> that should be our side project. <laughs> we'll um, set up legal stalk. But um, I'm, I am really psycho. Uh, I have all the records except for the first vinyl because I refused to buy it, like black market. You like, want to get it from them? Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I know... Re- you really think that there's a rock band in the world who'd be upset that you go and find one of the records in like a record, well, used see, record store? So, well, no, I wouldn't do that. I want to buy it new. I, I <laughs> want one. I know. I, I, I want to buy it new. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I kind of am crazy like that. But I, I once uh, attended a seminar where Dooley, the Greg Dooley, the lead vocalist, mm-hmm. was talking about copyright and stuff now. Six or seven years ago, it was a lot different than it was now. Right. And he compared, you know, somebody taking his song from the internet as somebody taking an apple from an orchard. And so I refuse to, like, you know... So he, like, really hates children's field trips in the <laughs> orchard. <laughs> Perhaps. So Maybe that's why he doesn't have any. Okay, so, but when you were younger, uh, in the 90s, and you first encountered this music, and, you know, you were so versed in all different kinds of music at the mm-hmm. time, what was it about the Afghan wigs that hooked you and made you want to legal stock them? Because because they could they they could literally like rock just totally rock but they, <laughs> no I mean they were they could rock God, no, it's, 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 they could rock um, that's what I'm laughing at is no, it's like beautiful in its simplicity of like why c- do you like a rock band they rock <laughs> well, like and, well duh okay and the lyrics just absolute filth like I'd never heard and I love <laughs> Prince okay this just complete filth and I had never. I had never wondered how to explain a guitar lick is filthy and dirty. But there's just a sound, which I've learned from my musician friends, is accomplished with a pedal that I didn't know beforehand. I just the thought it was some kind of pedal. fucking magic. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to me. It's like, it's, it's sex music, okay? okay? And Greg Dooley's voice is aural sex. <laughs> Does it, can anyone agree with me? Anyone? <laughs> A U R. Well, trust me. So you're saying that it is more sexy than Axl Rose? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> now, and I think that Greg Dooley could take Axl Rose too. Like in a fight? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, mean, I I love Axl. I know uh, you do. But but I think anyone could take him in a fight right now. He likes Chinese democracy. I do. I like Chinese democracy. I'm what? sorry. I heard I, I'm not outing what? you. Other people know this, right? I know most people are like, "What's Chinese?" De- Everybody would be for that politically, right? They're like, they don't even know what this. Um, but I will say, when I first met my sweetheart, there was this. It's called the Josh's Blair Witch Mix, and what it was was it was 
uh, when the Blair Witch Project came out in 99, they right. released it. It was supposed to... Do you remember when it was first released? It was supposed to look real, and they were messing oh, with your mind. Well, the, the movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so they released this as, this is what was in Josh's car when they found it. This CD of mixed songs and stuff. And there and was, was a wig song on there. Oh, okay. And um, I just had got the CD when I first met Chris, and I put it in, was listening to it. I'm like, do you know who this is? And he's like, this is the Afghan wigs, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, he's so in. <laughs> he knows who this is. He's in. He's so, are you, so what you're telling me is if he had said, I don't know who those people are, you would not be in a relationship with him. I, I probably would have given him an opportunity to go and see a show with me okay. and then make that choice. But, but it that was, just, been it was it. magic. It, it, that beyond he, then, it would have been done. He knew it. He, he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> now that was oral sex. To hear out of the dark a man say... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is oral sex, man. Oh, I might need to go to the bathroom. Um, wash your hands. I will Please wash my hands <laughs> many, many times. Ooh, ooh! Greg Dooley made me say "fuck" on the air once, but really? but but it was an internet radio station. Okay, Would, yeah. And there was a song that had "fuck" in it, and I was interviewing him, and I'm like, uh, "You want to talk about the song?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's." It's called Fuck It, Ma'am. Why don't, why don't you want to talk about it? And I'm like, because I've never said it on the air. So he made me. Did Again, making him awesome. Did you enjoy it? Of course I did. Okay, so you've, you've interviewed them. How many times have you interviewed I, them? I've interviewed Greg. Actually, I've only interviewed Greg a couple of times. But I, I've never interviewed the Afghan wigs. I've interviewed Greg. Okay. And I've interviewed the Twilight Singers. But I've never interviewed the Afghan wigs. So do you, is that... Like a goal? Because they just got back together, right? Right, they just got back together, but I... Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out here because they have two dates in Chicago and then us, so... I probably won't get to do it this time either. But you... I mean, you have a lot of pull, right? You can just... You can just say you're going to do an interview at The Current, right? You you see, he's kind of a... Are you familiar with Taurus? Taurian, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I'm going to do whatever I want. I mean, well, most men are that way anyway, whether <laughs> you're Torians or not. But um, he's, yeah, he's kind of a headstrong person. And okay. I mean, he's at the point in his career that he doesn't have to do anything but he doesn't want to do. But I perceive you as a person who has a strong personality. Oh, and you have a relationship with them. And you work at a major station that plays think, their music yeah. and supports them. This is true. So. so he, he knows it's out there. So, so yes, the offer has I been made. Yes. I mean, it's not like they're going to get yeah. paid or anything. It's just that they're going to make my, you know, teeny tiny little heart yeah. beat a little faster. You need to make him an offer he can't refuse in some way. <laughs> like, how? Well, like, you work You work for so Minnesota happy. Public Radio. You put Garrison Keillor's head in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that kind of pull, Joseph. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's an axe. It's an axe. An axe? Yeah. An axe and a good attitude. We'll get that done. I don't know where Garrison Keillor lives. Do you? Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Is the, uh, anyway, I don't think Garrison Keillor will ever listen to my podcast, though. So. <laughs> he probably um, will now. I'm not going to worry about it too You've much. You've invoked him. There are people out there that are going, <laughs> oh, Keillor. I've only said you. his name twice, so as long as I don't say his full name <laughs> three times. <laughs> he won't Beetlejuice you. <laughs> he won't appear dressed as Guy Noir. Okay, so I think you've you've been you've been quite clear with your obsession, and it's it's on a nice it's on a nice track of it entered your life at the right time, mm-hmm. and in helped you connect with your man, and it's followed through on your career. It's an awesome obsession. So, um, is, is there anything else that you feel n- the world needs to know about the Afghan wigs before we go into the final questions of your section of the podcast? No, I don't think so. Okay, if you suddenly think of something while I'm talking to Trace, you can just scream it out. <laughs> you you said that he did say that. You heard him. <laughs> they were in Sweden in '97. <laughs> 
just it was out the of the Gato blue. Negro tour. If people <laughs> need to know. So, all right, here are your, your final pompous questions. If you had a rock and roll stage name, Barb, what would it be? See, it would be Abney Barber. But my <laughs> band would be called Tease, T-E-E-Z-E. I figured this shit out when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And uh, which is more likely to get a person laid, playing air guitar or air drums? Oh. That's really rough, because usually, I mean... No, and it's air. It's, it's anti-get laid to play an air I instrument. know. So you're, you're already <laughs> fighting well, against okay, the Well, okay, air guitar, because maybe you can hide it. <laughs> you can hide a little more if you're playing air guitar, whereas if you're playing air drums and you're hitting the hi-hat, yeah, people are going to see that. And that's and what if you're offbeat when you're doing it? When you're playing the you're, air drums? Yes, you're totally not getting laid. If you're oh, you're, uh, you're assuming that somebody's playing along to music. <laughs> 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 Someone's just doing a mime routine. This is true. Uh, okay. Yes. So you think the more likely person would be Someone who is hunched over trying to hide the fact that he's playing air guitar. Guitar, yes, yes, because I saw someone play air guitar on this stage one day that blew my mind. Oh, yeah, well, that was a professional air guitarist. but uh, I bet she gets laid. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, but we don't have time for that, so let's move on. Your final question is the, the same one that everyone has. What is happiness, Barb? <sighs> the Afghan Whigs reuniting. Ladies and gentlemen, Barb Abney. Do I leave? <laughs> So now, Trace, we are going to move on to you. And for anybody who doesn't know you, can you tell us just a little bit about your, your career? Uh, well, I'm here, which says a lot about my career. <laughs> yes, I'm it's at the end true. of it. Uh, no, I kid, I kid <laughs> because uh, I'm not getting paid. Um, well, you mentioned Mystery Science Theater. That's probably what I'm best known for. Um, I was uh, a robot on that and a mad scientist and one of the writers and uh, was there in the beginning. And so I guess uh, since no one else is here from the beginning, I'll take credit for thinking of it. It's <laughs> a good um, idea. Thank you. Yes, that was all my idea. I thought of cameras and everything. Um, and uh, But uh, the old gang is back, right. uh, or portions of the old gang is back, and we call ourselves Cinematic Titanic now, and we're touring around the country doing live versions of Movie Mocking. So yes, we are I've seen them, and they're great. Uh, thank you yeah. for saying that. It's true. Uh, <laughs> thank you for using that word, that you've seen them, and they are great. Because <laughs> I, I It's true. Nobody, it nobody else was there, so I can say, Excellent. it was great. Yeah. No. That one guy there. that was in the audience said it was great. <laughs> I shouldn't have come to your rehearsal. That was rude of me. <laughs> Stalkerish. We don't rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> But it is great. And you guys sell DVDs, too, right, of the live performances? Yes, we do. Uh, you can buy them on Amazon. Uh, perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Indeed. It's where my book is. Ah. My book is not on Amazon. Oh, you have a book. Yes, I wrote a children's book called uh, Silly Rhymes for Belligerent Children. <laughs> and it, it is also, I don't want to say great again, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And the art by Len Peralta. Right? Uh, yes. Uh, you might know Len uh, because he's drawn everyone <laughs> that ever existed. Um, Sharon uh, Birchick, who is in the audience, uh, has... Uh, it's your... What do they call that? Geek-a-week cards, right? Yes, the Geek-a-week... Geek-a-week card. Uh, 
uh, and, and Len's done a lot of artwork for, he's working uh, with Josh right now, Josh Weinstein, right. uh, doing some art for a project he's working on. He's worked for Mary Jo on, on some illustrations. Yeah. And yeah, he's a busy guy. He's working with Bill Orbit on yeah. a comic book. And, and yeah, we why were are just. We talking uh, about Len so much. Let's not talk I, about I miss Len because we, we, just, we just went to DragonCon together and we were roommates. And uh, we agreed to be one another's spouses, and we would go back to the hotel room and talk about our feelings <laughs> after <laughs> various <laughs> events happened. And Len and I would talk about our feelings. And then we had that awkward moment where we kind of looked at each other and like, is this what you would be doing if your wife had come along on the trip? And I was like, yeah. How about you? We're like, yeah. <laughs> so it was sweet. So Len, Len's very close to my heart. I love Len. You actually shared a room? Yeah, we, we actually... We <laughs> There were two beds. I mean, it wasn't weird or anything. <laughs> no, it was still weird. It was, it, was, it was in the weird zone. It was a good time. He draws in his sleep. It's amazing. <laughs> Insane to see. All right, well, Trace, let's get into your obsession. And you are obsessed with what? Uh, well, uh, Frankenstein, and more specifically, Frankenstein's monster. That was going to be my first question. Are you one of the people who really likes to correct people that it's Frankenstein's monster? No, then my obsession would be uh, being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frankenstein's dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when did that get attached? Was that early I, in the operation? I, I, Was I it think later? so. And like, Was I can't imagine that. Yeah, Frankenstein sending me going, no, a bigger one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go back to the graveyard. <laughs> well, even that they considered it. You know, they must have, you know. Well, that one leans to the left. Go get another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop looking at the Jewish cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had never thought of that until you brought it up. I that, know. That it was even know. a possibility. But sometimes dicks just come up. I don't know. So uh, when, did, when did Frankenstein's monster come into your life? <laughs> <laughs> you are all filthy people. Uh, well, I was a child. <laughs> oh, there's no way to make no, this any really better. No. Uh, you know, it aired on television. Frankenstein, the original 1931... Frankenstein, uh, was on late night uh, on the weekends. There right. was a creature feature uh, here in, in Minneapolis. I think it was Friday and Saturday. It might have been both nights, maybe just one night. And they played, you know, all these universal old horror movies. Uh, kind of the inspiration for Mystery Science Theater, right. too, was a hosted movie like we were used to when we were growing up. They were always done by, like, the weatherman at the station yeah. or... Um, uh, whoever you know they could get to do that and and i I just remember watching this as a as a kid and just being thoroughly uh entranced by Boris Karloff specifically mm -hmm. and his portrayal of the monster i don't get into any other Frankenstein just i don't that original just Boris Karloff and Frankenstein's monster. Do you like Bride of Frankenstein's monster? I love Bride of Frankenstein's monster. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, again, that's Boris Karloff and also Son of Frankenstein. Right. The thing I thought about that, that I thought was cool about Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> now I'm being a dick to myself. <laughs> I can't just say Frankenstein. 
it's Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. We all know what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, he wore a sport coat. <laughs> if you think about it, he's like this hipster <laughs> made from the dead monster. He really is like, yeah, he's got little cans of Pabst BBR on his neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, no, there, there was Dracula who was kind of, you know, aristocracy and yeah. dressed like, you know. A, he's well, he was the 1%. A, yeah. He was a count. Yeah, exactly. He's the Mitt Romney of monsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, the werewolf um, always just reduced to pants. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon was naked. Um, the mummy the just had the one suit. Yeah. The mummy just, you know, rags. But Frankenstein was cool because he had... They, and I don't know who thought of this. Who costumed the monster... You know, and I don't know if it's in the original novel. Uh, no, no. I think in, in the novel, he's described as like this twisted, bendy, like not even big and imposing necessarily, but just kind of a mess. And, and y like. But he's know. wearing Hickey Freeman, you know. It's yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's dapper. Yeah. You know? No, he's, but he, yeah, he's not wearing a sport coat. Uh, not in the novel. No, no. no. Uh, and also in Son of Frankenstein, he wears this kind of like. Uh, Sonny Bono kind of uh, <laughs> furry thing that's he'd moved on. He was more of an, into his hippie phase. Is, is, at he, that point. is he in the ice in Son of Frankenstein? Is that uh, one of the He's always in ice. I he's mean. in ice or fire or yeah. he's in a molten <laughs> Earth lava or wind. Yeah, thing, but he's yeah. fine when he, he's, he gets out. Yeah. But so, uh, yes. What, so you like the sport coat? I like the sport coat. Um, I started kind of collecting Frankenstein memorabilia. At what age? When, when you were a kid? When I was a kid. Okay. Uh, you know, little figurines and things like that. And, uh, what happens when you have kind of an obsession with things like that, like if like people collect pigs or, or cows or, or penguins, people start giving you cows and penguins. Right. And so I started, you know, hey, it's your birthday. What do you uh, like? Frankenstein. Let's get him some Frankenstein. <laughs> so I, you know, suddenly I start amassing a big collection, and what wasn't an obsession becomes an, uh, an obsession by proxy. Right. I have the same problem with uh, not a problem. Uh, I embrace it with squirrels. I do like squirrels, but I have squirrel stuff, so people always give me more squirrel stuff, which makes me think that if I have a child, <laughs> I should just really train him that he likes physical money. So that yeah. everybody who comes yeah, over yeah. goes, damn, that kid likes money. Yeah. I guess we should give him a 50, like a mug yeah. with a 50 on it. Yeah. He's got a coin collection. Maybe yeah, he likes maybe, money. Maybe he likes bills, too. Yeah. But squirrels. <laughs> squirrels. Stuffed? Uh, no. I, d I know many friends uh, who have stuffed squirrels, uh, and they think I should have one. But I don't have a stuffed squirrel. Um, no, I just I like the animal. I would say the squirrel is my spirit animal. I've talked about it on the podcast. But pictures of squirrels? Or picture, well, pictures? You know, people give me probably everything. We, should pr we could probably go toe-to-toe -to -toe of, do you have a Frankenstein thing like this? And I would have a squirrel thing like that. <laughs> Salt and pepper shakers. Uh, yes. Uh, no, no salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> oh, wow. They all left. <laughs> no salt and pepper shakers. You're not obsessed. Damn you! <laughs> um... No, uh, if they w if I don't know if someone makes them, I would love to yeah. have. Yeah. So, what kind of Frankenstein stuff do you have? Um, I have this. Uh, well, uh, someone recently gave me. Well, recently it was ten years ago. Um, Thirty-five millimeter print of the trailer. Oh. Wow. Which is in a baggie, 
and I have no way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this this 35 millimeter print that sits in a drawer because, but it's it's Frankenstein. It's yeah. a trailer from Frankenstein. I do not have film from like 80 years ago of a squirrel, <laughs> <laughs> but I would like it if anybody wants. 80-year-old squirrel footage. <laughs> hey, that's what he's into. Uh, I don't know. Uh, internet. Yeah. I only it. have modern squirrel footage. There is a, a squirrel was in my house, and it was caught uh, in, a, in a humane cage where, you know, it was just like it stays there until the guy goes in and gets it, and he takes it somewhere else and releases it. And I thought, I like squirrels so much, I should take, like, a video on my phone of me talking to the squirrel. Oh, no. So I got the phone out, and it's like, hi, squirrel. Hey, hey. And, of course, the squirrel flipped out. <laughs> So I turned it off and I looked at it like, this is terribly creepy. <laughs> it's just me tormenting a squirrel in a cage. It's sad. Well, have you found through your studies that most, <laughs> most obsessions are creepy to yeah, a degree? Yeah, up, up to a point. It's interesting in the different ways that people handle them and express them. Which, like, what, what's interesting to me about your obsession is there is Frankenstein stuff. So you can go get Frankenstein stuff. But some people don't have obsessions that relate to like sports and like media. If you have stuff that relates to like sports and films and television, you can express your obsession by just getting stuff all the time. But if you have like a weirder obsession with just like, you know, uh, I had I had an audience member who liked removing signage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, you know, you, you can't get a t-shirt that says, I like removing signage, you know? <laughs> you just have to do that one thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, in a way, I mean, I think I think sort of capitalism pushes us towards like that it's good to be obsessed with things because it like you like this don't you want this version of it don't you want a picture of it with this you know exactly and it makes gift giving easy unlike yeah. like moisture man has you know it's <laughs> what's he going to get for a gift more moist things purell yeah. purell <laughs> Pure, uh, yes. purell or gloves i think yes. gloves would be good too so uh so you you've got a, a house full of frankenstein stuff to this day um i still do um uh, I've got a marionette puppet that was made by a guy out in Hollywood. Um, uh, there's, you know, the 12-inch figurines. There's the 6-inch figurines. There's the uh, knockoff Frankenstein stuff that it was made, you know, to look kind of like Frankenstein, <laughs> but get around copyright laws and things yeah. like that. So that just a, a, a more, probably more than I should have. But you haven't got rid of it, uh, right? Why would I? <laughs> uh, you can't. I mean, it's um, even when it breaks. I have a uh, an arm off one of the Frankenstein's that has my keys on it because <laughs> there was a hole in his arm and it fit my key and it made sense to me. <laughs> so so when you go to your car, you pull Frankenstein's <laughs> arm out of yes, your box. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed appropriate. I don't know if it's it's on me somewhere here. Oh, it's probably in a bad place. <laughs> But I'm why sure am I I'm digging sure. for it? It's the I don't internet. know. It is. Yeah, it's the internet. It's the internet. Uh, so now you're married, correct? Yes. And how does how does your wife feel about the Frankenstein obsession? Uh, she is also a geek and a nerd, and so she loves uh, <laughs> she she likes The Hobbit, and <laughs> so she has her obsessions. I have mine. Okay. Uh, she's teaching me the names of the dwarves, <laughs> so that when we go. <laughs> to see the Hobbit, she's gonna kill me. Um, it's on the calendar on the on the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, December fourteenth, I think. Something I like that. Yeah, I uh, don't anyway, know. So I'm, I'm learning the, the the names of the of the dwarves. Okay. So, do you have a special like 
room in your house for Frankenstein Frankenstein stuff, or is it just everywhere? It's uh, it's spread throughout the house. Okay. Uh, the cat has destroyed a lot of it, so it's moved to. Uh, oh, the cat! Damn that cat! <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it's sort of everywhere. Okay. It's and, and so for, for you 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 still watch the film? You still enjoy the original films? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I really think what it is 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 Karloff's portrayal. Mm -hmm. uh, he's so sympathetic um, as that you know he's he's well he's an everyman. <laughs> he, <laughs> so he is. Uh, he's so got a suit relate. coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have his arm and his uh, willy and. Uh, <laughs> Even on the internet, I'm afraid to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, I have a problem with my Frankenstein thing. <laughs> uh, my Frankenstein's friend. Try yeah, that. Yes. My you got Frank. You could say Frank. How about that? Uh, so do you, have, you, have you tried watching any of the non-Karloff films, or is it just his portrayal? Um, I have watched a lot of them, because um, I want to see if anyone else gets it right. You know, so the, uh, but they're all just... They, no one has really, you know, matched the integrity and the brilliance of that performance. So it's, and now they're getting so much CGI stuff that it's, you know, the makeup was perfect. The, the it's such an icon, um, that it, it really, it hasn't been duplicated. No, uh, no. Although there was a stage play um, with, um, uh, who's the guy that plays Sherlock, uh, Cumberbatch. Oh yeah. That they just. Uh, Broadcast Humperton Cumberbatch, I think I can't remember. I know who you're talking about the guy who plays Sherlock right yes. now on BBC. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the the London stage play. Did he play Frankenstein? Yes, he, he played the creature. Wow, the creature. Yes. <laughs> See, I wasn't a dick. <laughs> no, you the creature, please, sir. Yes. <laughs> so you relate to to the general humanity exactly. of, of Frankenstein that he is this. He's a monster, but he's just a misunderstood monster, which yeah. I think does come across really clearly in that film. Yes, exactly. He's he's he can't help but be uh, you know, a little bit clumsy. Yeah, and I, I well I don't know for yourself, for me, I mean you're a man of comedy and and there is that that heart to what he does, but there is also humor in his performance whether intentional or not of just that very very simple. It's almost the same reason that like caveman expression is funny. That that attempt at language, but not having the skills to do it, and that attempt at like uh, uh, of knowing cultural norms, and just like, well, I'm gonna. I, it seems like you like throwing things in the pool, <laughs> yeah. so I'll throw yeah. you in the pool. Yeah, and it's at it's once like horrible and kind of funny. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, I, I wonder if audiences uh, laughed <laughs> at that moment, or were they just shocked? I think they were shocked, yeah. right? I mean, because he was he seemed really. Scary and imposing. You hadn't seen things like that. And he threw a child film. in the water. So yeah. yes, I would imagine shocked would be the better uh, reaction, unless it was Honey Boo Boo. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> we need a modern Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. to throw the various reality stars <laughs> in pools. That'd, that'd be a great way to lose on a reality show. <laughs> yeah. You do not have the winning design on Project Runway. Here comes Frankenstein. <laughs> 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 Too pedestrian, crack. <laughs> you just break the neck. <laughs> that would be wonderful. All right, so Trace, are you ready for your final questions? Uh, sure. Okay. When a movie is so bad that it causes you physical pain, in which part of your body does the pain manifest? Sphincter. 
Duodenal Ex sphincter. <laughs> Such precision. Uh, <laughs> if the full moon turned you into a where something, what would it be? Wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, because then you're the one monster who doesn't need to worry about losing his pants yes. during the change. <laughs> That's great. And finally, what is happiness? Happiness is being obsessed with something. Ladies and gentlemen, Trace you. Thank you. So... I want to close out the podcast uh, by, we had been discussing downstairs, which one of you you think is more obsessed. So I've got a little quiz uh, that I put together to see which one of you is actually more obsessed. So are you guys ready for that? I'm good. You ready? Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, Barb, the first question is yours. Uh, please tell us the name of the Afghan Wigs' first album in the entire track list in order. Oh, I told you I couldn't do that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But I had already written the question. It's Big Top Halloween, and I don't know the track listing. Go ahead and try. No, I, I literally... What's the song on it? I don't know the material from Big Top Halloween. Thank you for making me look like a total douche. Your turn, Trace. <laughs> total douche is the third track. <laughs> That's the remix. So you get a point for that. I mean, one of the songs is called Doughball. That's pretty close to Total Douche. No, I literally, I don't know the track listing. Okay, you don't know the... Okay. So did you come in at a different point than Big Top Halloween yeah, then? Yeah, I came in a gentleman. Okay. If I were going the very first song on that album, they hung a microphone out of the car window as they drove over the bridge from Kentucky into Cincinnati to record the sound of Cincinnati. It segues directly into the song Gentlemen. Would you like me to continue on? I can, I no, can take you, on Gentlemen you, pretty you've good. You've proven that I grabbed <laughs> the wrong thing from Wikipedia <laughs> quite successfully. Because I didn't know anything about Afghan wigs <laughs> until that's earlier okay, today. That's okay. When I looked it up on Wikipedia. Okay, so you get a point for that, uh, for that uh, obsessive knowledge. <clears throat> yes, of course. Uh, Trace, please recite Frankenstein's most famous line of dialogue. Uh, fire, good. <laughs> I would have accepted fire anything. <laughs> And also guttural noises. So you did. Oh, well. You did very well. I don't think fire actually was good. Now that I think. Did he actually? When did he actually ever say any? I mean, fire obviously plagued him, as it does all of us. <laughs> yes. Which is always weird that that's his secret weakness, fire. I think in the first movie, all he did was go. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He just looked like he was sad. That fire sad. <laughs> so, uh, Barb. On the Wikipedia page for the Afghan wigs, <laughs> their music is described as being better than what other kind of music? Better than what other kind of music? Yeah. I don't know if you spent a lot of time on their Wikipedia page I like I have. I don't really know much about their Wikipedia page. Um, I would say that it's better than any other Blue-Eyed Soul or Grunge, which they were kind of leapt into. 90% uh, of most of the other Cincinnati music that came <laughs> out, if not 95%. Um, but, you know, James Brown recorded there, so I guess 90%. Um, that I don't know. I would accept any. that. Is, oh, go ahead. Any other music. I would accept that as a correct answer uh, because the, the specific quote from Wikipedia was, it is better than conventional alternative rock, oh. which really <laughs> amused me. Can you hear that coming out of my mouth? <laughs> conventional alternative rock. It, this was a totally uncredited source, <laughs> so it's something that a Wikipedia person <laughs> wrote, but just the idea of, 
It's conventional Sarah alternative did that rock. Just to see if you'd use it. All right, so Trace, uh, are you ready for your, your next question? Yes, yes. What is the name of the first successful stage adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? The first successful. The successful. Not ah. all those shitty ones. Yes, the yeah, first like successful Frankenstein one. Frankenstein 88, uh, not that kind of crap. Wasn't it Prometheus? Uh, close. It was called Presumption, which, again, I looked this up what? on Wikipedia. Presumption? <laughs> I was really amused by it. It was called Presumption. Not Prometheus, but just it sounded like half a Jane Austen novel. What's it? <laughs> Presumption by Mary Shelley. Wow, that's just bad. I know. That's just... How dare Frankenstein assume something? Yeah. I, I'm you know, it's Wikipedia. We could just argue it. <laughs> or just go change it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> write my own entry. Presumption. No, that's Prometheus. Yeah. By the time. Yeah, go change it. Go yeah. change it to Frankenstein's monsters Willy. Someone just put that in there. <laughs> it is probably wrong. It is the probably monsters Willy though is a better title, <laughs> as you say. Yes. Okay, so at, at this point, Barb is technically winning, uh, but I'm going to give uh, give you a chance to steal it back. So both Barb and Trace can answer this final question. So we'll, we'll ask Barb first. If Frankenstein and the Afghan Whigs released an album together, what would their hit single be called? Fire Good. <laughs> goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> Is that the entire title? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fire yeah. Good, Goddamn Motherfucker. That would be the first line of the song, too, and the rest of it would just be the pedal. <laughs> 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 That would get a lot of airplay, I would imagine. Well, you, you can bleep it. Okay, so, so Trace, same question to you. If Frankenstein and Afghan Wigs released an album, what would their hit single be? Presumption. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Barb Abney, Trace Billiou, thank you very much for coming to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw. Good night. Listening to Obsessed, Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.